temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's seven, it's 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 The Joe over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on a feel-good Friday. It's Black Friday. You gotta be feeling good after that good meal you had yesterday. Oh, I had one. If you want to check it out, you can see a picture of me in action getting into that meal on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio, and maybe later if we have time, and I'm thinking we will because we're starting a little early tonight because the best of Hawk and Crowder ended a little early. Even when they're not here, they want to get out of here and enjoy the weekend. We're going to enjoy the weekend together, though. Plenty of reggae music throughout make you say, Irie! We're in the holiday season, too. Reggae and Christmas, a lot of people don't think it's a good mix, but I think it's a great mix. It's like beer and chocolate chip cookies. For some reason... They just go together. Also going to make you feel good listening back to the Joe Rose Show when they talked with the Dolphins' Patrick Laird. Then the Dan Lebetard Show, a throwback weekend observations from Stugatz. And then Hawk and Crowder, like I said, they cut out early. Well, Crowder, he isn't even going to be a part of this show for part of it. We're going to go Hawk and Witty as they talk to Ben Volan, who's still not convinced that Tua is going to be a great quarterback. I am convinced, though, that we're going to do these headlines from the Modelo Especial Sports Desk. Despite a sore thumb on his throwing hand, Tua Tagovailoa is expected to start for the Dolphins Sunday at 1 against the Jets. You can hear it here on 560 The Joe. New York coach Adam Gase says Sam Darnold will start at quarterback instead of Joe Flacco. After a break caused by COVID-19, the Hurricanes football team returned to practice Monday. They play Wake Forest Saturday, December 5th. Once again, you can hear that right here on 560 The Joe. The Canes basketball team start their season Sunday at 6 against North Florida. The Heat have signed first-round pick Precious Achua. In addition to that, God bless me. In addition to that, LeBron James has taken legal action to block Heat owner Mickey Arison from naming one of his commercial cruise ships King James. Dope Campbell Stadium in Tallahassee will host this season's high school football state championships. The Ravens-Steelers game that was scheduled for Thanksgiving but got moved to Sunday has now been moved again to Tuesday due to COVID concerns. Chelsea star Olivier Girard is said to be ready to leave the club and is being targeted by David Beckham and Inter-Miami CF. Former boxing champs Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. face off in the ring Saturday night. Neither has had an official fight in years. The U.S. women's national team, I love them, defeated the Netherlands 2-0 earlier today in a friendly. Headline sponsored by Modelo Especial, the perfect beer for your home tailgate. Modelo Especial, a brewer brewed with a fighting spirit. Now, let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> Canada's army has promoted a polar bear to the position of master corporal. Yeah, that really strikes fear in the heart when it comes from the Canadian Army. A Clearwater resident used his pool to thaw his Thanksgiving turkey. Yep, that is Holiday Florida Man. A Minnesota squirrel appeared drunk after eating an old pear. Man, everything gets hammered in Minnesota. And with the winter coming, who could blame them? A village in Cambodia trusts recently erected magic scarecrows to ward off coronavirus. Honestly, at this point, I'm willing to try anything. Bring on the magic scarecrows, unicorns, Bigfoots, etc. 
A woman claims her family photo album was stolen and returned with all the pictures of her husband photoshopped out of them. I think mama needs to lay off the wine a little bit. Now to the Exogen Weather Center. Tonight's forecast partly cloudy with temperatures in the mid-70s. Joe Rose Show. They take no breaks. They keep going. Joe Rose, hardest working man in show business. He's on the radio every morning, basically Monday through Friday from 6 to 10. And all weekend long, he's checking out high school football, college football, and calling the Dolphins football games right here on 560 The Joe. So, earlier... This week, he caught up with the Dolphins' Patrick Laird. Joe and Patrick, oh, they miss each other. Also, what COVID camp is like for the Dolphins, what the Dolphins will do to get the running game going this weekend, a little bit to a talk, then, oh man, oh man, doing the dirty work, possibly charity work, and possibly politics. Politics? You'll see. All right, Joe, we're going to head out to the Toyota of Hollywood hotline right now. We have a special guest. It's Dolphins and Jets week. They'll be playing on Sunday coming up here. Patrick Laird is going to join us here for a couple minutes on the Toyota of Hollywood hotline. Patrick, good morning. Thank you so much for the time. Always appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Hello. How you do- Patrick, how you been, man? I, it kills me. I can't walk by, by and see at a game and say something really stupid and like just talk to you man about the golden bears it kills me yeah i know i miss miss our pregame conversations um and, and talking cow football but uh hopefully uh next next season we'll be able to resume those yeah well hopefully we get back to normal hey before we get into all the football stuff that we want to ask you about every week we it's not just about injuries now and who's going to play it's about COVID 19 uh help me out through this the camp protocol some of the things you guys go through as far as meetings, lunch, practices. I, I heard some of the players, veteran players, say this is really hard to build chemistry because <clears throat> you're really not that close to camp like you used to be. So so talk a little bit about that. Are you guys that spread out? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a few different protocols that, that, that we have to follow just, you know, based on NFL guidelines. So right now, I think the whole NFL is doing pretty much all Zoom meetings, um, very limited team meetings, and then you just you, you drive to the facility for practice, and then you drive home for more meetings over Zoom. Wow. Yeah, so it's a lot of you know grab and go food, um, eat at home. So you you do miss a little bit of the the you know building camaraderie, but. I mean, I think most of the time, you know, some of the best conversations and best team building happens out on the field. So we still get that in practice. And um, this, this team's pretty close, in my opinion. So we're doing the best we can with all that. But, yeah, there's this protocol that we follow just to keep, you know, our team safe and then our families and the community safe. Not to get weird on you, but just to follow up. So you come off the field, you guys divide up showers when you shower, you go home and shower. How's that go about? Like offense, you're up first. Yeah, you got 20 minutes. Go shower and get the <laughs> hell out of here. How's that work? Uh, uh, most guys shower at home. Yeah. But wow. you, you, you have to just get, get in your car and shower at home. Yeah. It's a crazy time. Holy smokes. Well, Patrick, I'm going to ask a follow-up, but not as crazy as the shower question. But how much different is it for you guys because of the fact you're not sitting in meeting rooms, like you said, everyone's doing the meetings at home, you're going there for practice, and then you're leaving to go home. How much more difficult is it for you guys when it comes to game planning for the week? Or is it difficult at all? There's challenges just because it's different, but I think everyone's kind of gotten into the routine and gotten more used to Zoom meetings. Um, And then... Each coach, I think, does a good job of engaging guys. You know, they can see our faces. Uh, everyone has to have their cameras on. And so they can, you know, cold call and ask you questions. So I think the coaches do a, a really good job of keeping us engaged. Um, and then ultimately, you just have to be accountable for yourself. And so if you if you don't pay attention during the meetings, then it's going to show up on, in practice and in the game. So I think, I think most guys do a really good job of, of paying attention and learning just as much as if we were in person. All right, so, let me cut off Joe real quick. Hold on, yeah. i got to do this just because I know Joe's going to get a laugh at this one. So I, Joe used to tell me stories about him in the back of the meetings, him and a couple of the other players possibly falling asleep in those meetings. Nobody does that on the Zoom calls, right? You get fully called out if you're snoring <laughs> on a Zoom call, right? Have you seen anybody doze off on one of those? Uh, no, I, I haven't. Um, yeah, that would, uh, you know, all these, are, these, all these are recorded. So if someone falls asleep, then uh, – <laughs> Oh. They, they have video evidence. They have video evidence of the guys falling asleep. So I, I, I think, uh, I think guys have been pretty good about that so far. 
Yeah, I'm guessing Coach Flores. Yeah, Coach Flores catches that. One of the assistants rats you out. You're in big trouble with Coach Flo, man. He doesn't look like he'd play with that one. Hey, um, COVID-19 testing, when you get to the building, because people ask me, you guys test every day? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's part of the protocol. Wow, it's uh, it's uh, it's incredible time we're living. All right, let's get into five straight games. We're rolling along. Everybody in the country's telling you guys are great, great coaching, great this, great that, two of this, two of that. Then all of a sudden you have that game and everything is kind of falling apart and everybody's getting blasted now. And and how? So so let's start with the running game. In your mind, we heard Chan Gailey yesterday. What, what's been the biggest problem between running backs and the line and, and not being able to get more of a running game going? Um, I, I think it has to do you know, with a lot of different things, but I think everyone has the idea that we want to improve the run game, the coaches, the O-line, the running backs, receivers, tight ends. Like Everyone wants to get the run game going. And so, yeah, just, I mean, it's going to start with practice. It's going to start this week. Uh, that's, I think that's a big emphasis going into this week is just getting the run game going. And really, it's just, every, it's just going to take everyone to focus on doing their job and executing their assignment on each play. And uh, so I think, you know, I'm confident in the guys going forward that we're going to figure it out. Patrick, did, did Denver, after the game, everybody was saying, man, they threw a lot of new things at you guys that looked like that confused you. Did they do some things? That, that confused the offensive line and you guys at all uh, offensively? I, I just I think Denver just did a good job overall. They, they have a really solid front, and we knew that going into the game that their their defensive front was um, the, you know going to be the strength of their defense. So you know they're they're NFL players too, and they, they just executed um, better than we did on Sunday. So yeah, it's it's just going to take going forward. We're just going to have to you know prepare each week. We understand what our opponents are trying to do. Um, but at the end of the day, you need to go out on the field or we need to go out on the field and just execute. And we're going to try to do a better job of that going forward. How much different is Changeli's offense than the offense from last year when it comes playbook-wise and for you guys in those offensive meeting rooms or whatnot? And then obviously taking it to the field. How, what is the big difference, you think, between the two offenses? You know, that, that might be a better question for uh, maybe the quarterbacks, you know, for running backs, uh, whatever offense you're in. Um, there's a lot of similarities and concepts you know there's different words obviously describing similar plays yeah I mean I think both offenses have kind of that multiple looks where we can have multiple tight ends and then we can spread it out and go empty um, empty sets so um, there's similarities and then obviously there's differences but uh, yeah I've enjoyed learning this new offense and I I really like the way uh, Chan coaches everyone and gets everyone in positions to to make plays. Patrick, I want to ask you about Tua Tungavailoa because he is the number one topic every day, even when he wasn't playing. That's all anybody asks. And now that you're around, how does he handle? He's got to know everything he does gets scrutinized as well as is under the microscope. Whether he's playing, not playing, gets pulled out of a game like he did in the last one. How's he handle everything? Everybody's worried about him kind of falling apart now and looking over his shoulder because he didn't get to play in the fourth quarter, and they put Fitzpatrick back in. What do you see from Tua every day? Yeah, he, he's just he's a normal guy like everyone else. But, uh, yeah, I think he's cognizant of the attention, and, you know, I think he puts a lot of pressure on himself, so I don't think he worries too much about what everyone else on the outside thinks. But, um, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's working hard, and, you know, the quarterback position, that's a, that's a tough position to play. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine trying to process all of that as a rookie. I know I had a lot to think about just as a running back as a rookie last season. So, yeah, he's a, he's a confident guy, and uh, I think, you know, guys on the team have confidence in him, and he'll, he'll work hard. And, yeah, I think uh, the, the fans will, will see progress, I guess. Um, but, yeah, again, I'm not, I'm not like a quarterback evaluator, so no, I that's, know. that's a better no, question I... to ask. So, someone like the head coach or the, the offense coordinator. But as a teammate, he's a great teammate. So well, I think everyone has confidence in him. So, so let me ask you this one. Um, I have noticed you've been picking up some, some blitz pickups there. You've been in there for some – what is that like – when you guys got guys running full speed and you're standing there, I think it's the most difficult block in football to stand back there at 200 pounds. And the guys usually come and start at about 220 to 230 and work up running full speed. What is the blitz pickup like for a running back? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of depends week week to week. We have a different game plan for each 
each team and sometimes has asked the running backs to pick up some of the blitzers. And so, yeah, that's, that's something that coaches have asked me to do recently. And I, I really, I take pride in, in pass protection. I, I enjoy doing it and studying it throughout the week. Um, but I make the argument that I think it's the second hardest block to make. The hardest block is on kickoff or turn when you're on the front line and you drop back about 30 yards. <laughs> like a 50, that's a good point. 50-yard head start on you. Yeah, those, those ones are a little bit more tough. So it makes the pass protection a little easier. Yeah, it's a good point. There's nothing worse running backwards trying to get back and the guy is flying right at your back waiting for you to turn goes right into you and you go flying right into the runners he's coming up and and you're going oh i gotta watch that in a couple of days on film oh it's gonna look so crappy that's all i used to used to think about when that happened <laughs> oh it's so bad i'm with you man good point yeah i've been there a couple times I wanted to ask you this outside of football. I know we've talked to you once before, uh, a couple times before, actually, and I know you do a lot of charity work outside of football, social justice coalition work, too. Uh, Talk a little bit about what you're doing with both of that for charity. I know back home you're doing a lot of stuff, Joe tells me, in California as well. But social justice coalition, all your charity work, give me a little lowdown of what's going on with that. Yeah, so over the summer, um, the Dolphins, the players, we formed a, a committee called the Social Impact Committee, and the idea was... You know, we, we like we, we have all these things that we care about as players and just as um, members of the community. And so how could we come together as players and, and have a positive, measurable impact? You know, we, we like to raise awareness about issues, but we want to have real positive impact. And so we have three areas of focus, um, economic empowerment, education and civic engagement. And so we've, we've been working on those three things this whole season, um, encouraging people to vote. We donated a um, I think it was over $150,000 to provide Wi-Fi for kids that didn't have Wi-Fi at home so they could still access school. And then, um, you know, we're working on some things right now in, in terms of economic empowerment to help people from low socioeconomic backgrounds, you know, just get on their feet and um, do some job training. So uh, it's a really cool committee. Um, you know, I'm just a small part of it, but it's a, it's a fun thing to be a part of and work on with my teammates in our, in our free time. Patrick, are you doing more stuff? You've done some great stuff out in Oakland, California, for people that aren't familiar with the Oakland area. Uh, it, it's fantastic. Are, are you doing more work back here now in South Florida? You're still doing a lot in California, too. Uh, you're doing, doing some in California. We, we had the summer reading challenge uh, again this past season, but unfortunately because of COVID, we had to cancel yeah. uh, giving, out, giving out tickets for the games. So we're going to hopefully continue that going in the future. I have some teammates at Cal that continued. Um, the, the reading challenge and just encourage kids to read over the summer and just read in general. Hopefully in the spring, if things get back to normal, then we can continue that and uh, maybe bring it to the South Florida area as well. And, and I know this drives you nuts, but this is what happens when you're a really smart guy. <clears throat> it's only a compliment to you, but down the road, you ever see yourself in politics? Somebody asked me to ask you that and um, somebody I went <laughs> to school with. Could you see yourself there? I don't uh, mean, I don't mean right now, but like down the road, would that be something you'd be interested in? You know, I, I majored I majored in business and then picked up political science because it became it became an interest at the end of my college career. But uh, you know what? I I'm, I'm yeah. loving football right now, focused on that. Yeah, um, I, gotcha. I think I think politics I think politics and government is is important if it's done the right way. Um, so you know whether I en- enter private industry or, or whatnot, I think I'll still just be try to be an active member in democracy and help make a positive change in, in whatever role that is. I'd love to hear you and Ryan Fitzpatrick your discussions when the two of you together. That must be one hell of a conversation between that uh, you the two of you. Hey Patrick, always great talking to you, man, and uh, good luck against the Jets and uh, and a bounce back week. The guys still get the Jets right rivalry, right? That hasn't. Just because they're 0-10, you know they're up there thinking they're going to bite you guys on the rear end. You know that, right? Yeah, we're, we're all well aware. Patrick Laird is ready. Right now, though, he needs to focus on football, charity. Leave the politics alone. He's a well-spoken young man. He went to Cal, just like Joe Rose, probably one of the best public universities in the world. Cal playing Stanford in the big game right now. Of course, I'm cheering for Cal. I'd love to go to school at Cal. I'd like to go to school at Stanford, too, but... Cal has this magical, mystical feel to it up in Berkeley. Maybe it's just all the smoke in the air that gives me the magical, mystical feel. But seriously, one of the best universities in the whole entire world. Got a good football team. Stanford Cal right now, 10-10. Maybe at the end of the game, some hijinks. Not like that game's ever seen any hijinks. Speaking of hijinks, 
Has there ever been more made about a bleeping decision regarding a backup quarterback? He chose Taysom Hill. Move on. That's my guy, the Swiss Army Knife Taysom Hill weekend observation from everybody's guy, Dan Lebetard and Stu Gotts. About five minutes away, plus it's a feel-good Friday. Got some good reggae music for you on the way here on 560, the Joe Radio Rewind. Five sixty, the Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best audio you've heard over the past week, right here on Five Sixty, the Joe. I am Dan Day, and oh yeah, you know it by the music. It is a feel-good Friday. This is my guy, Trevor Young, good friend of mine. He is the guitarist for the band Soja, and Soja let him do some singing on this little ditty that goes by the name of Walk Away. Ah, yes, some good reggae from Soja. Walk away. Walk away from the week. I know it might have been a short week. It was hard to walk away from the table yesterday. I had a great one. If you want to see a picture of me getting ready to eat and drink to my heart's content, maybe even more so like most of us do on Thanksgiving, check me out on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. We're on a little early tonight. Things kind of finished up here at the radio station early, and I said, Oh, man, I'm feeling good on this Friday. I'll stick around and do a little extra, quote-unquote, work. So maybe later, when we have some time, I'll tell you about my big Thanksgiving dinner. But let's enjoy some more of the Soja Walk Away on a feel-good Friday. That is what I'm talking about. Soja, right there. Good reggae music. Always try to bring you some on a Friday, a Black Friday. Maybe you've been shopping all day. Maybe you've been doing the 2020 thing and not doing anything all day. That's okay also. Cruise into the weekend. Trust me, tomorrow if it's sunny, I am going to wake up, drink a little something-something, maybe play around on the computer, watch a little bit of football, walk out to the beach, take a nap on the beach, come back, open up some more brewskis, Watch football all night. Yeah. I'm not saying 2020 is great, but what I just said is the greater part of 2020. It's always great here on 560 The Joe weekdays from 10 to 2 because our guy, Dan Levitard, he comes on and blasts through your eardrums. Stugatz! Every Monday has those weekend observations. And since this is the first day I've really been on 560 The Joe this week, I got those weekend observations for you. They are not even stale. They're like the leftovers in your fridge. Just as good the second time. It's time for Stugatz to share his game notes. No one in the media will tell you what happened better than my boy Stu. Dan. I'm right here. Uh, 22 of 32. 203 yards. Three touchdowns and a big 31-28 to victory for the Cowboys in Minnesota. Dan, brace yourself no. for the second no. time this season. No. The Red Rifle, no. Andy Dalton, no. is back. <laughs> he started the game. He couldn't smell or taste anything. Uh, three uh, touchdowns. Were a lot of people making senseless jokes? He's got a nose for the end zone. How about that? <laughs> I have big news, Dano. Never done before on weekend observations. I have a second person that is back. Dan, 17 of 25, 166 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and one ugly win. And Dan, it is official. Alex Smith is back. <laughs> Can't wait for Thanksgiving. Late game afternoon. Alex Smith versus Red Rifle. A battle of who's most back. Yes. Northwestern. On behalf of the entire country. Yeah. Thank you for thank saving you. college football. Thank you for your service. And beating Wisconsin. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh. Just so you and I are on the same page. You beat a team by 50 points a year ago. 
and you wheezed to beat him in triple overtime this year, in my personal record book, that is a loss. Wow. There are things that happen and things that actually happen. And what actually happened is you lost that game. Wow. One in four. Five years. $195 million deal yesterday for Donovan Mitchell. Talk about a Sunday fun day. I bet the Carolina Panthers thinking Teddy Bridgewater was starting for the Panthers. And Matthew Stafford <laughs> was not starting for the Lions. I covered, by the way. <laughs> P.J. Walker. How about that guy? XFL, baby. Yep. Has there ever been more made about a bleeping decision regarding a backup quarterback? He chose Taysom Hill. Move on. The most impressive thing Tristan Thompson did during his time in Cleveland was getting a Kardashian to live full-time in Northeast Ohio. Sunone Taki Taki can scoot. I totally stole that Tristan Thompson observation from Ben Axelrod. Derrick Henry. Walk off. Tough result over the weekend for Aston Villa. You don't just lose the match, but you also lose Ross the boss. A lot of questions are going to be asked of the villains by manager Dean Smith. Dean Smith, really? I had no idea. <laughs> really? Huh? You're, su- you're surprised uh, by your own... the Dean Dome? You're, I mean, you're surprised by your own observation? I really am. Okay. The Titans did what the Titans do. I have no idea what that means. But it just felt like that's what happened. That is what happened. Thank you. Dan, you know what the W and Walker and P and PJ stands for? No. Wally Pip. How about that? <laughs> Coincidence. Uh, and two picks in the in his in his in end the other zone. end like, zone. You yes. can't be doing that. Yes. Uh, Although that is so weird. How football is that? The Carolina Panthers allow 40 points one week to the Patriots and then the shutout Matt Stafford. <laughs> the Panthers win 20 to nothing in P.J. Walker's first start. You, of course, know what that means, right, Dan? It means P.J. pitched the shutout. You were locked in on this game. How much did you have on it? A lot. Camp, I, Mike, I was so locked in. I thought Teddy Bridgewater was starting yes. and Matthew Stafford wasn't. Yes. <laughs> you talked about it in the big series. Like, uh, yeah. You're the only person interested in this game. Oh, good game for me. Can't believe we've arrived at a point where we expect the Dolphins to win. Steelers kept it rolling. Congratulations to them. The Clippers signed Serge Ibaka to a two-year deal. Not sure if they got him in the prime of his career the end of his career, or in his 50s. Yeah, we don't know. No one knows. No one, by the way, and I mean no one, has done a better job of simply being LeBron's friend than Cantavius Caldwell-Pope. $40 million. Well done, KCP. LeBron's nickname for Cantavius Caldwell-Pope should be commission. Looking for proof that the NBA is doing just fine? A Bogdanovich... Just got $72 million. Uh-oh. Gordon Hayward got almost twice. Like twice what is Michael that? Jordan doing? Know. He can't get what anybody to get to play there. Uh-oh. Brian Flores doesn't trust Tua. The Eagles lost, and every other team in the NFC won. Dan, you know what separates the four? The tie. What are you going to do the when tie? Okay, but what are you going to do when someone else wins that division and all Philadelphia needed was a win against the Bengals to beat to win the division? Then I'll fire like, you're, you're assuming the tie is going to help them yeah. when the tie might be the reason that they don't actually win the division. Dwight Clark has the catch. John Elway has the drive. The Philadelphia Eagles have the tie. Big tie. <laughs> Death, taxes, and Bruno Fernandez. From the penalty spot. The Jags are really, really bad. And the Jets better watch out. Marcus Gasol, Lakers, good fit. Frank Reich, NFL Coach of the Year, collision course. Dan, do you know what the K in Kelsey stands for? It does. You are on your game today. <laughs> Unfortunately, this week, the Raiders aren't for real. But they are close. Haven't <laughs> confirmed yet, but I'm pretty certain... Justin Fields threw those three interceptions to ensure the Jets wouldn't take them. The New York Jets have officially been eliminated from the postseason. So proud of them. Doug Peterson said he's sticking with Carson Wentz. Go ahead. Question the guy 
who had the foresight to go for the tie. <laughs> also, Jalen Hurts must be really bad. The way the Browns are playing and winning are exactly the way Kevin Stefanski wants the Browns to play and win. Still haven't seen his face. Chelsea, Tottenham, collision course. Sean Payton deserves an Academy Award for his uh, performance in Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. Who should start for Drew Brees? I mean, Jesus Christ, like it was an agonizing decision. You're an NFL head coach. Your quarterback got hurt because it's a violent game. You have two guys. Shut the hell up and pick one. Speaking of hell, Art Bryles. Dan, those are the weekend observations. I told you those weekend observations, even though they're not fresh, they're still good like the leftovers in your fridge. And if you have any leftovers you don't want, I'll take them because I'm still hungry. I didn't get enough last night, even though I ate a ton. I'm hungry again. Bottomless pit. Oh, man, I had so much fun last night eating Thanksgiving dinner. We'll discuss it later. You can look at the pictures on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. Of course, Dan Lebatard, Stugatz, and the shipping container will be back Monday, 10 o'clock, right here on 560 The Joe. You know who used to be part of the Dan Lebatard show? My man, Mark Hawkman. He helped me have a nice Thanksgiving. Hawkman and Crowder. Those are my guys. Solana jumps in, JFig, we go crazy weekday afternoons from 2 to 6. Crowder had to take off Wednesday. Had to, wanted to, decided to, had a day to burn, wanted to burn before he ate a big Thanksgiving meal. I don't know, whatever. He wasn't here. But Chris Whittingham was. This dude, Chris Whittingham, he's from the U, and he knows soccer. But does he know football? Well, we know Ben Volan knows football, kind of. It's not easy always being right. I mean, it's just <laughs> always always having the correct takes, always having a right opinion. It's, it's a burden. And yeah. Ben Volan's talking about Tua. That's about five minutes away. And remember, it is a feel-good Friday, so I got some good Irie reggae music for you to make you feel good going into the weekend. That is right around the corner here on 560 The Joe Radio. Rewind. Five sixty, the Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best audio you've heard over the past twenty-four hours, or maybe longer on a week like this. Right now, right here for you. Like Thanksgiving leftovers, just as good, maybe even better the second time around. And if you miss them, then you get to hear them again. But. It's a feel-good Friday. I'm Dan Day, and this is a guy who's actually from New Orleans, just like me, Kali Buds, loving reggae. Soak up some good vibes going into the weekend. There you go right there. All I want to do is smoke, drink, and love my girl to some reggae. Words to live by right there. Collie Buds, he performs in the Miami area pretty often. Sans COVID-19. So next time he's around, maybe you can go smoke, drink, and make love to your woman to some of his reggae. Kali Buds loving reggae. You tell them, Kali Buds, feel good Friday, always feeling good with Hawk and Crowder in the afternoon. Crowder took off, but Witty was in, and they got Ben Volan on the line. Ben Volan, he just does not believe in Tua, but 
he swoops in at the end and saves it with some good Thanksgiving takes. Ben Boland was feeling punch dunk drunk crazy after uh, Brian Flores <laughs> sat down to a Tangavaloa in the fourth quarter. Uh, we're going to go out to the Toyota of Hollywood Hotline, shop over 1,500 Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Ben Volan, friend of the program, he is a senior NFL writer at the Boston Globe. And Ben, you outraged everyone in Miami. It was a few weeks ago you tweeted something along the line that there's no way anyone that can say Tua Tagovailoa is a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. And then we had a couple great games from Tua and the Dolphins. And we brought you back on the show to make you eat crow, which I don't recall you actually admitting that you were wrong. And then the moment Tua got benched in the fourth quarter, I received a text from you uh, crowing that you were actually (laughs) right. So explain yourself, Ben. How are you feeling? Uh, Have you been proven right? Uh, I feel burdened today. I'm just feeling this heavy burden. It's not easy always being right. I mean, it's just always, always having the correct takes, always having a right opinion. It's, it's a burden, and yeah. you know, God has given me this burden. I've had to deal with it, but I yeah. hate to say I feel I, I feel that same burden. By the way, I feel that same burden. I, 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 yeah. I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, you know, it, it's tough, and and you understand. So, um, you know, we, we just have to deal with it. But um, look, it, it, you know, it, if you're a Dolphins fan, I think you. You just have to decide what this season's all about. And and from what I get, the, the sense that I get from, from all the fans that I hear from on Twitter, everyone's cool with just making this a Tua developmental year. I think it's nuts. I think the Dolphins have a good team. It's like how many weeks in a row now have they scored a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown or blocked a punt? I mean, they, they are a very well-rounded uh, three-phase kind of football team. I, li- I really like what Brian Flores has built there. And I don't think you need, like, Peyton Manning at quarterback. You just need decent quarterback play, and this team can make some noise. And it's like everyone down there is just written off this season. Well, we're not going to win anyway, and we've got to see what we have in Tua, and he needs the time to grow and to develop. It's like that is hogwash. You need to strike while the iron's hot. You've got a good team. You're, you know, and even though they're out of the playoffs right now, I still think they're in good position. You can win games. If you get hot at the right time, you can make a deep playoff run. I mean, Look at, like, the Tennessee Titans last year. Whoever thought that team with Ryan Tannehill would be going to the AFC Championship game. So I'm just shocked at how so many people in Miami are just willing to be like, eh, whatever, all that matters is developing two of this year. They have a good team, and I think with Ryan Fitzpatrick, they could win a few more games and make some serious noise. See, here's where I would disagree with you, because I'm I'm not a fan of putting Ryan Fitzpatrick back there, um, but I have not written off the season at all. In my opinion, the feel that I get from Dolphins fans is that Tua Tagovailoa actually gives them a better chance to win games. I thought the folly in putting Ryan Fitzpatrick in in the fourth quarter is he did exactly what Ryan Fitzpatrick does. He threw an interception. You know, everybody wants to go, oh, he sparked the offense. The offense actually moved. They brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Bottom line, he put an additional three points on the board, and he threw an interception. That's what Ryan Fitzpatrick does. I'd much rather take my chances with Tua there. If I'm trying to win a game and get to the playoffs, give me Tua in that situation every time. It's funny, too, how many people down there are just focusing on the interception. And look, obviously, that is the game-crushing play, and you can't um, look over an interception. But you said it. Ryan Fitzpatrick was in there for two drives and immediately started moving the ball up and down the field way better than Tua did all afternoon. Now, obviously, it it ended in in classic Ryan Fitzpatrick fashion, but this is a guy who came in cold off the bench with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I mean, who knows how how different that game would have been if Fitzy's taken the reps during the week and the game plan is designed around him instead of Tua to just put this loss on him as so many Dolphins fans have just because he threw the one pick at the end. I think you're you're missing the the forest for the trees there. It's like... uh, this guy moved the team. And if anyone knows, you know, if anyone knows it's Brian Flores. And to me, the fact that Brian Flores benched Tua after taking the six sack uh, and, and put in Fitzy, that Flores is your head coach. He has all the, he has more information than all of us. He knew he, he turned to Fitzpatrick and it almost paid off. He almost uh, came back and, and won the game. So um, 
I'm not I'm not writing off Tua by any stretch. I still think he's got a, a, a good career ahead of him. Um, I just think they had the perfect situation where they could have sat him for longer, and the team was going well, and then they made the switch at quarterback. And it just to me, it just throws kind of a monkey wrench into the into the whole equation right now. Like they should have done what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes and just sit him for the entire year. Uh, you can still develop uh, when you, even when you're not playing and. I think Fitzy right now, right this second, is the better quarterback. He moves the offense better. He has a better command of the huddle, better pocket presence. He's probably not taking those six sacks against Denver. Um, I, you know, I just think Fitzpatrick is the better player, and there are probably a lot of uh, players in that locker room who are wondering why are we not playing the better quarterback right now. And I generally agree. We're joined here by Ben Volan of the Boston Globe. I generally agree with that assessment. I think on Sunday, Ryan Fitzpatrick would have given them a better chance to win. And when he was placed in the game, I think he gave them a better chance to win. But I I do want to get back to this long-termism versus short-termism argument. And you're basically making the argument on behalf of, well, the Dolphins are good, right? But I guess my question is, how good and how important is that? Because if you can't beat the Steelers and the Chiefs, right? And look, maybe you can say, well, maybe they get COVID and, and, and you can go to the Super Bowl anyway. But if you don't have a chance to win the Super Bowl, then ultimately your chance towards long-term sustainable chances at the Super Bowl is to a being good. And so giving him the opportunity to be good now is bigger than Ryan Fitzpatrick winning you some games. Why for you is any short-term success of any import, given that their only chance of winning a Super Bowl is to a being good? Because I, I don't see it that way. And I guarantee you, Brian Flores and a lot of people in that building don't see it that way. Look how they spent in free agency this year, giving massive dollars to Byron Jones and then Kyle Van Noy and bringing in good glue guys like Ted Karras. This team is built to win now. This team is not built to develop and be ready in three years. They want to win now. And uh, there's nothing wrong with, with going for it. Uh, I, I don't see it as a dead end this year. I think they have... I mean, look how well-rounded they are on defense and special teams. They're make, constantly, every week, making big plays and giving Tua a short field or, or scoring points. Uh, this is a good football team. And, yeah, who's to say that they can't make a deep playoff run? I don't – I mean, I think their defense is good enough that absolutely come January, the defense could carry them to, you know, who knows how deep in the playoffs. Um, I think I think they're I think they would be crazy if they were just like, no, this is all about developing Tua – and making sure he gets the reps. Like, I understand it with the Bengals, with Joe Burrow. Like, the Bengals are going nowhere this year. They've got a lot of young players around him. They're trying to build something together. The Dolphins have a good team, and they spent big money in free agency. They have excellent cornerbacks. They've got a really um, impressive defense. They're doing, like, the amoeba thing that, that the Patriots did for so long with all these guys standing up and moving around before the snap. I think the Dolphins have a good team, and I think – I think you're psyching yourself out. There's no reason why this team couldn't make a deep run. And look, I know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a roller coaster and he's, you know, interceptions waiting to happen. I would have waited until he was playing poorly to make the switch. You know, it's one thing if if the team starts struggling and he's, you know, bottoming out and playing like the Fitzpatrick that we know. But they were playing well. They were finally starting to click. And then they made the quarterback switch. And look, I think Brian Flores was sending a message to his ownership and to the upper management there at, at the Dolphins by making that quarterback switch last week that he still believes that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the better answer for the team right now. And, you know, we could focus on the interception all day, and I know he, there were two other passes he, he threw that were almost picked, but he also had him in position at the end to win, and or at least to tie, and I don't know that Tua would have even had the Dolphins in that position. So, um, to me, you're crazy if you're not trying to win now. I think this is a good team. The division is still kind of wide open. The AFC, who knows? And in a COVID year, yeah, I mean, shoot, the Chiefs could come down with COVID and, and who knows? So I, I think they'd be crazy to not try to maximize the season and do as much as they can. I, I think that's exactly what they're doing, though, not to just beat a dead horse here, but you keep talking about they were playing well under Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they played better under Tua. I mean, you're taking one game and you're picking apart. All it was was a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter that can be overcome pretty easily. So I, I think you're, I think you're kind of, you want to like, you're kind of ignoring the games that Tua where they played. People were talking about them on ESPN and NFL network as one of the best teams, one of the most surprising teams in the NFL. So uh, I, I want to move on that, though. Ben, that, Ben Bolin's here to of... apologize. And I think he's done a fantastic <laughs> job of it so far. What were you saying? Whittingham? No, I was just going to say like, was that success because of Tua though? Right. I, I think that's what well, Ben but would it's argue. It's not, is not that... because of, it's not in spite of Tua. And the Rams, I mean, I mean, you could argue it was. 
I, I, okay, so the first game, you know, they, they, they weren't as open, but you can't, like, it's real convenient to say, well, if Ryan Fitzpatrick hadn't thrown the interception, he had two nice drives, but he did. He did throw the interception. And then with Tua, it's real convenient to say, well, even though they did well under him, maybe it's not because of him. Like, we're picking and choosing here. I mean, those three games under Tua, they looked really good. Well, they didn't look really good against the Rams. He only threw for, what, 92 yards? And but the team again, looked really they, good. They, yeah, I mean, he's good in the red zone. He hasn't thrown a pick yet, I don't believe. But clearly he's not feeling the pocket and reading the defense. I mean, six sacks the other day, that's, that's not all on the offensive line. That's on the quarterback. Many oh, I would, and don't get me wrong. I was frustrated by his play. Like, that, like, I wasn't sitting there going, what are you doing? This guy's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. Like, I was frustrated that he wasn't looking to scramble at all. I was frustrated that he was holding on the ball for as long as, as he was. But just, I, I'm just telling you, based on, on what I've seen from Ryan Fitzpatrick throughout his career and what I know from Tua at Alabama – if I'm down 10 points in the fourth quarter, I want it to be Tua that's orchestrating the comeback. Because more often than not, I feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick, that comeback's going to end in an interception. And it did. So so you feel like Brian Flores made a big mistake by yes. benching Tua last week. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. As did Crowder, by the way. We, we've both been, and, and I love Brian Flores. I, and I've made this example on the radio myriad times this week. I love our program director, Len Weiner. It doesn't mean that I agree with every decision that he makes, but I still love him. Brian Flores, I love the fact that he's the head coach. I thought that was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen an NFL right. head coach so, make. So Hawk, so, Hawk, let me ask you a question. What is the mistake? Like, what, what, the, mis what the, you... mistake is, the, the mistake is if you have a quarterback that is embarrassing himself, he's thrown three picks, they're down 35-3, and you want to save him, you want to mercy rule him, take them out, bring in uh, relief. But I would submit to you, there is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. And when I say starting quarterback, I mean an entrenched starter where you know that team is that person's team, right? He has been either over the years been given the keys to the team like an Aaron Rodgers or has just been handed the keys to the team, a Justin Herbert, a Joe Burrow, a Tua Tagovailoa. I would submit to you there is not a single starting quarterback in the NFL that would have gotten benched in the fourth quarter only down 10 points when he hasn't even thrown an interception during the game. Tell me the okay, person. What, what if it's that, a Ben DiNucci, I get it. But but I think it was a bad mistake. That's what it tells me. Like it doesn't. Like I don't. I I think he made a bad coaching decision. I think he, he his gut said to him, Fitzpatrick gives me a better chance here, and I don't think it was the right decision. I don't think it's great. Like I think you're taking it as a greater point of Brian Flores saying something, and I think it was a muffed punt. I think he just he fumbled it there. Yeah, but that's not a that's not a muff punt. That's a deliberate decision where you're factoring in everything you know about the players. And Tua, get, you know, Tua is your young franchise quarterback, your first round pick, the the guy that everyone has anointed and has their hopes and dreams riding on. And he yanked him in his fourth start. He yanked him in right. the fourth Big quarter. Mistake. To your Big point, mistake. and he and he hadn't thrown a he hadn't thrown a pick. He didn't, you know, wasn't just spraying the ball over the yard, but he clearly wasn't moving the offense. And Brian Flores, who knows the situation and the, and the facts better than any of us, no doubt, he decided he decided that Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be a better option. Uh, look, up here in New England, Cam Newton had a dreadful October. You know, the 49ers game, they got blown out. It was pathetic. And Belichick still didn't go to Jared Stidham because it's not about see, you know getting the young kid reps. It's about uh, playing your best players. And Cam Newton, even when he was dreadful, was still a much better player than Jared Stidham, so Belichick has stuck by him. If Tua was, was that much better, if he was the best option, you're well, not Well, then why do you think he's forward. starting him this Sunday against the Jets? That's, the only, that's why because, I think it was a muffed punt, because I, I, it, like, if he really thought Ryan Fitzpatrick was better, he'd start him Sunday. And, and, and also, do we yep. think that Brian Flores deep down thinks that Ryan Fitzpatrick has been better than Tua all along, and what does that say? I mean, look, uh, I, I don't know this, I'm just speculating, but... My hunch is it's not a football decision. My hunch is it's decisions being made above Brian Flores, the owner, the team president, upper management. Tua is their shiny new toy. He's the hope. He's the future of the franchise. They're not selling Ryan Fitzpatrick jerseys. They're selling Tua jerseys. So 
it, it just feels like all along that the plan, you know, the, the coach promised the owner, hey, we'll get to the bye and then we'll play Tua after the bye. And then they moved the bye up this, this year and they stuck to it. So when you say, you know, why are they sticking with Tua? I don't know that it's purely a football decision. To me, it reeks of something going on above that. Ben Volan from the Boston Globe. Apology accepted, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> only, what, only for you, Hawk. Only for you. <laughs> what, are you what are you having for Thanksgiving? Turkey and what? What are you having? Uh, apple pie. Like four pieces of apple pie. Really? Apple pie is your uh, go-to Thanksgiving dessert? With uh, vanilla ice cream. Absolutely. That right. is, you can't All miss right. with that. Sweet potato pie? Oh. Is that at the Volan household? We don't do sweet potato. We got a we got a pumpkin pie, which I'm not a pumpkin person. Mm, but we have, yeah, not a fan. Um we, um, my other favorite, it doesn't matter what holiday, I always make us have, uh, got to have deviled eggs. Big Ooh, fan of, really? uh, hmm. we have one of those platters just for the deviled eggs. We get to use it like twice a year. <laughs> wow. Um, I didn't know there was a yeah. deviled egg platter. Huh. Oh yeah. They, you could, each has individual slots for the eggs. It's very cool. Wow. Wow. So I, could, I, I had no idea that there was China for, uh, for, yeah. for deviled eggs. No, uh, oh, no oh, green just, bean casserole. Green bean casserole, uh, mac and cheese, anything like that? Uh, definitely mac and cheese. My my wife is um, she and her sister are making all the sides, so I don't really know. Gotcha. This is kind of their surprise, but uh, mm. I, I they guaranteed me deviled eggs and apple pie, so that's all I really. You like dinner <laughs> rolls, dinner rolls with the uh, turkey, or you like a biscuit, like a buttermilk biscuit? Neither, to be honest. I, I eat oh. so much food that I'm not I'm not going to waste it. Like my wife and I, we call it uh, worth it bread. Is is it worth Ooh. it? And to me, it's not worth it tomorrow. I'd rather eat the other stuff. Yeah. It's kind, of, kind of like when you go to like a Brazilian steakhouse and then they they offer you the salad bar. It's like no, I don't need <laughs> right. I don't need a salad bar. I need right. every I need every available re, uh, you know bit of real estate in my stomach for hard you know, not the, to uh, grab a piece of bread though. That, yeah. that's a, uh, I mean that's, that's, that's totally that's fair. Right. Totally that's fair. a real. If, man if you are going to eat the bread, it's got to be it's got to be the King's Hawaiian sweet rolls. Oh, the best! Oh, you are speaking my language. The sweet rolls from Hawaiian. <laughs> King. Oh, the best! All right, Ben Volan from the Boston Globe. Tweet him. Don't text me. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. I'm, gl- I'm glad we could find some common ground there at the end. <laughs> ben Volan just swoops in and saves the day at the end. Bad Tua takes. Bad Dolphins takes. But pretty good Thanksgiving takes. And I have a few Thanksgiving takes. When I'm on the Hawk and Crowder show, I try not to disrupt them too much and let them know how wrong they are about a lot of stuff. But I really got to get to the bottom of this whole sweet potato thing. I know, I know, they always argue sweet potato pie, is it a side? Is it a dessert? It's delicious no matter how you eat it. But there is a difference between sweet potato pie and sweet potato casserole. Sweet potato casserole is either whipped or diced or mixed up and put in a casserole dish without a crust. That is a side. It's That's why they call it casserole. Sweet potato pie is made up into a pie filling with sweet potatoes, put into a pie crust, and served for dessert as a pie. So, just had to get that off my chest when it comes to the whole sweet potato argument around Thanksgiving. And yes, I love sweet potato pie and maybe my go-to besides turkey cuz you got to always have turkey on Thanksgiving would be if you ask me one side. Whoo, that would be tough because you want the mac and cheese, you love the deviled eggs, deviled eggs. Oh, I can eat like 50 of them. They're so good. You also want the dressing or as we say in the south, the cornbread dressing or stuffing as they say in other parts of the country. Dressing stuffing same thing. Oh, that's so great. I want it all, but I would go with that sweet potato casserole. Oh, man, I don't know what it is, but I love sweet potatoes. I didn't always love them so much. I always thought, hmm, sweet potatoes are good, but one day a switch flipped, and I am just in love with sweet potatoes. Of course, if you're in love with the Hawk and Crowder show weekdays from 2 to 6, we did not hear from a man Crowder. No problem. I got you. If you're having shakes because you're not getting enough Crowder in your life, Well, what better than on Black Friday? It's a weekend. Maybe yesterday, of course, you had your whole Thanksgiving meal. You did a cheers, too. So here is the cheers, too, along with Hawk, Crowder, Solana, myself, and Jay Fig that we did earlier this week. It's cheers, too. We love funky food so bad. 
It's Cheers too. We love Funky Buddha so bad. Hopkin Crowder. Love Cheers too. Let's play Cheers too. You know, so you hear that Crowder, and then you hear what Solana did with the DBJ montage yesterday, and you're like, how is the same person responsible for both of these things? <laughs> one took days, one up. took minutes. Minutes and minutes. days. Oh, yeah. Absolutely minutes. All right, we'll go around the room here. We'll give our cheers to, and then we'll go to the phones. I'm going to give cheers to people who understand our job is to talk about Tua Tonga-Vailoa and the decision to pull him on Sunday. It's why this station exists. Now, you may disagree with my opinion or with Crowder's opinion on it, but the texts yesterday saying this topic is played out, I hope you can find better content, I can't even begin to explain to you how when you're in football season, and your starting quarterback gets benched in the fourth quarter, and you're tired of hearing about it 45 minutes into the show on Monday, how you just don't understand what we do. So while I appreciate people having different opinions on what happened, I have no tolerance for anyone that texted in yesterday saying, this topic is played at 2.45, and I hope you find something better to talk about. So cheers to the people that understand what we do and why we do it. I'm just watching NFL Network. Dolphins fall four spots in the Week 12 power rankings to number 15. That was short-lived. All right, Crowder, who are you giving cheers to? (laughs) Bob Greasy weighing in on cheers to. Oh, no. (laughs) Who are you giving cheers to, Crowder? (laughs) But I got to do it every year. I got to do it. Zach Thomas is on the Hall of Fame semifinal list. Yeah. Can y'all please stop giving my boy a hard time? He was a dog. Stop hating on him. I know he didn't win a Super Bowl, but the Dolphins were terrible. He led a top 10 defense for years on end. Look at his numbers. He was better than Erlacher. He was right up there with Ray Lewis. Like, the numbers show it. If you watched him, you know it. Stop disrespecting my man, Zach Thomas. I'm not going to the Hall of Fame till Zach goes to the Hall of Fame. Take that, big, big, big Hall of Fame giant who knocks on your door. (laughs) Wow. Congratulations to Zach Thomas, I think, for being nominated once again to the Hall of Fame. Did Bad Bunny come down with COVID, Solana? I'm seeing that. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, I did not see that. No, no, no. Boy, sick Bunny. No, no, no. Sick Bunny. (laughs) You can't Uh, talk into the shell after him. No, I don't want to talk in your shell. Talking your own chill. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Solano, who are you giving cheers to? Guys, uh, on this day in 1993, Mrs. Doubtfire released to theaters. <laughs> so Hello. I'm giving uh, giving cheers to the late, great Robin Williams. Very nice. My favorite, yeah, uh, my favorite Robin Williams movie, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, my favorite Robin Williams movie. And uh, wouldn't it be the third movie, actually? Yes, Jay Fig. But in this instance, <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire, my favorite Robin Williams movie. So long callback there to our dub. Searing pain, searing yeah. pain callback from Jay Fig. Cheers Jay Fig is on the line. Jay is no one calls him R Dub. Jay Fig, Jen Figueroa, who are you giving cheers to today? My cheers to goes to the one and only left butt, Mark Hockman, the birthday boy. Ah, that's so nice, right butt? Thank you. I mean, you're you're, you're you, and you're way nicer than I am. So, my cheers I to am, goes to you. I am me. I think she. I think yes. she said a mouthful there. You know. I said I a lot. Me. He's nicer. <laughs> if he's nicer than you, you're a demon. Possibly. What are you about? I'm very nice. Oh, How dare come you? On. Play the play. Do you have the moment where this is? I mean, seems like years ago, but it was just a few months ago. But we used to have Jay Fig on to do movie reviews at the end of every show when there was no sports going on. We didn't have much to talk about, and uh, I don't. I don't even remember exactly how this. <laughs> 
I don't this either. Don't worry about happening. it. No That's idea. why I want to hear it again. Play, play. Do you have that, Solana? See you, Figgy. All right, but bye, guys. All right. What'd she just say? <laughs> I don't know. Why did you say my right butt? I don't know, okay? Do you remember, Solana? I don't know, but she clearly thought more about that than her Cheers 2 right now. <laughs> what false, are you talking about? Actually, she false. was nice enough to give me a happy birthday Cheers, too. Yours yeah, is something and stupid about Robin Instagram Williams. Story. <laughs> and uh, my, my uh, former roommate, Barry... You know, the grandson of Grandpa Mo. That's how he's known now. <laughs> Grandpa Mo's grandson. He texts me, Mrs. Doubtfire might be Robin Williams' worst movie. I mean, this guy is a moron. <laughs> so who, who didn't put a lot of thought into it, Solana? It sounds like you didn't. All right. Um, Dan Day? Who are you giving cheers to, Dan? The one and only Swiss Army Knife Taysom Hill for cooking his bird a little bit early this year. Look at that. The New Orleans Saints fan himself. Were you happy that they went with Taysom over Jameis? Oh, yeah. And I was saying it on the radio when I do the radio rewind. I'm saying give him a chance. When they made him a starter, everybody was saying, oh, it's just a decoy. Oh, he's not going to play well. And he went out there and had himself a game and beat those stinky, nasty Atlanta nasty birds. Nasty birds. <laughs> I was trying not to cuss because there's a saying in New Orleans that goes before Falcons. Even old ladies say it, but you can't say it on the radio. You really shouldn't say it anywhere near a church. You should only say it when you're drinking with your buddies. So I'm just going to leave it at that. In a couple of minutes, I will regale you with my Thanksgiving tale and my Thanksgiving feast. If you have gone to at Dan Day Radio on Twitter, you probably already know all about my Thanksgiving feast. But before we do that, I did not do a Huckman Highlights Crowd of Crowd Pleasers this week. But since all week long we've basically just been running back some of the best, here is last week's Huckman Highlights Crowd of Crowd Pleasers. Once again, just like the leftovers in your refrigerator, just as good as the first time. Huckman Highlights. Highlights. Crowd Crowder Crowd Pleasers. Crowd Pleaser. Bienvenidos al Hockey Crowder Show. Brought to you in Miami. Siblings are precious, God's gift, God's will, promise, grace, and peace. Praise the Lord. Highlight. Dropping my draws. As <laughs> Dropping your draws. Hi. The, the first two comes from me. <laughs> first two dollars or two toilets? Yeah, number two. Put out. That's the wrong phrase. Put on for Heath Culture. It's probably okay, yeah, that. man. I know you did that wrong. I put out for Heath Culture, though. <laughs> I know you would. I know you would. Oh, now you're going to shoot me in my pinky toe. There is so much going on regarding the Dolphins, the Masters, the Marlins, the Heat, college football, and game cancellations. It is hard to keep track of everything, but that's why... We employ Alejandro Solana for a sports update. Is that my cue? It's it's an unfair battle. They've got size. They've got speed. They, they, I don't thumbs. think. That thumbs don't do anything. This who was unionized the world again. Oh, I was going to preach. preach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Preach. All right. Uh, Eric Woods coming up. Speaking of wood. The Cheetah Gentlemen's Clubs are open. Yeah, that's a lesson can be taken from that, Hawk. Don't do crack, 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 crack. Ay, 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 que es eso? Correct. All right, everybody get an Irish peeler. Like, what were you watching on the Golf Network? Just the conversations? There's three old white dudes. White dudes. Get thumbs don't do anything! Don't do crack. Is that my cue? Uh-huh. I'm pleased. That is what we do on the Hawk and Crowder Show. Big ups to my man Mark Hawkman. Not only did he celebrate a birthday, but he also sent me $50 because I didn't really have any Thanksgiving plans. I was here at the radio station from like noon to 6 yesterday. And then I called some family members and said, hey, do you need me to fly out to Louisiana or other parts of the country and hang out for Thanksgiving? Wouldn't mind it. Eh, nah, 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 nah. And I was like, yeah, COVID-19. And they were like, yeah, yeah, COVID-19, sure, why not? So I really had no plans. So Hawkman and Chris Whittingham 
played a round of Hawkman or Turkey, and I trusted that Witty would win the game. He won the game, and the winning prize was me getting $50 to grab a luxurious Thanksgiving dinner. So what I did yesterday when I got off of work, cleaned up a little bit because, you know, nowadays you got to stay clean. Plus, you know, I want to look my best. I went to my neighborhood dive bar on the rocks in North Beach, grabbed a beer or two out there. I was looking around to see if they had maybe a little potluck dinner. Nothing doing there. I walked to another bar. Uh, you know, didn't really like the scenery. Walked to another place. Didn't really like the scenery. So then I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go have a big Thanksgiving meal. Someone had told me Flanagan's had it going on. And when you're in South Florida, you can never go wrong with Flanagan's. So called up Flanagan's. What time are you serving Thanksgiving? Because I'm not an early eater. I only eat one meal a day, and I usually eat it late, late, late at night before I go to take a walk and go to bed and everything like that. So I've had a couple beers. Flanagan's is about a mile from my apartment. I said, let's make it happen. Walked to Flanagan's. They said they were going to be open until midnight. I said, oh, late night Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I walked into Flanagan's. Of course, they're the nicest people in the world. Oh, my man, how you doing? I was like, uh, I haven't been here in like a year, but okay. Uh, come, come sit down. Sit down at the bar. Sit down at the bar. Socially distanced, of course. Was watching some meaningless basketball games between two teams I have no care about whatsoever. But nonetheless, it was something to watch. Said, so you got a Thanksgiving meal? Absolutely. Okay, well, first I want to order a pitcher of beer. They say, well, if you order a pitcher of beer, you get 10 free wings. I was like, this Thanksgiving meal just keeps getting better. I was like, so get, let me get the Thanksgiving meal. Let me get the pitcher of beer. Let me get the wings. They're like, well, with the Thanksgiving meal, you get a free pint of beer. So I'm like, okay, now I've got five beers coming my way. I've already had a couple of beers. i got to try to remember this meal. So eventually they, I said, just hold off on bringing everything out. Let me get a suck down a couple of these beers. So I start drinking some beers. A Caesar salad comes out. I was like, what am I going to do with this? So I waited longer and eventually the wings came out. I said, okay, okay. Bring out the Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I had some turkey, some stuffing or dressing as I like to call it. Some cream potatoes or mashed potatoes, however you want to call it, whatever colloquialism for whatever part of the country you want. I had the wings. I had gravy on top of everything except the wings. I had a Caesar salad. I had five beers. It was absolutely glorious. I loved it. Thank you once again, Hawk and Witty, for doing what you do. It was a somewhat memorable, almost not so memorable, Thanksgiving for me at Flanagan's right up there, Collins in North Beach. Uh, so much to be thankful for. You can see the picture of me getting very excited about all the food in front of me. At Dan Day Radio on Twitter. So thankful you joined me on this Black Friday. Looks like Notre Dame is going to beat NC State 31-17. In the big game, Stanford-Cal, it is tied 17-17. I am going home. I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to go drink some beers and then probably play around with some Netflix and then listen to reggae and watch football all weekend. This has been 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 